What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. Stop looking at your art and start looking at sales and service because I think so many people spend so long comparing themselves, taking too many classes, waiting until this magical day when they will be a master. And that day comes when you do your 10,000 hours and when you stay in business long enough that you've had thousands of shoots. But so many people, they'll cut off their success at the legs because they're, they're like, I'm never gonna get there, I'm never gonna get there. Yeah, you're never gonna get there. If you're treating it like a starving artist, you're going to get there when you're in the game because you're charging profitably and now you're allowing your business to thrive. Now you can pay your bills, which means you can stay in business longer, which means your art will continue to grow. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. I am super excited to dive into today's conversation with Megan DiPiro. She has been on my radar for ages, and she has the most incredible book for photographers called She Sells the Empathy Advantage. She's a frequent imaging platform speaker, photographic craftsman, and grand imaging award nominee. And she's helped thousands of entrepreneurs earn breadwinner status and six-figure incomes. My friends, I am beyond excited to get to know her and to have her share her insights and wisdom with you today. So without further ado, here is Megan. Hello, Lisa. Welcome. So tell us who you are and what you're passionate about. 
Okay, so I'm Megan DePiro, and what I'm passionate about, I I think could be best summed up in one word, and that word is sales. <laughs> That's what I'm most passionate about. I have we are now at four business enterprises that I started, and Eric combined as well. We're business partners together. And, you know, as we add each new venture, people always say to me, hey, which one would you pick? If you could only do one, what would it be? And I said, listen, end of the day, if I could only do one, it's sales. Yeah. I would do whatever is sales because to me, selling is the joy of problem solving with your Mm -hmm. clients and serving them. And anytime people are afraid of the word sales, I'm like, just swap it with service. And now you can feel really amazing about it. I love that so much. Now, you're the author of the book, She Sells the Empathy Advantage. And I love, love, loved how you broke down that we're not just photographers. Our clients come to us because they need confidence, they need validation, they need empowerment, and they need us to honor what is special to them for the portraits they crave. And it's really just a souvenir of that experience. Now, can you share a little how photographers can make that shift to go beyond just their job description to really shift into this mindset and how it can really change everything for them? So when you think of your role as the role that's on your business card, you are going to be limited and you're also going to be defined by that role. So if you look around and say, oh my gosh, there's so much competition, there's so much competition. I'm like, yes, if your role is photographer, there's so much competition. But I don't see it that way because I see, again, I see myself as a problem solver and I think, what do my clients need? What are they bumping up against as stressors and pain points? And how can I take that off their plate for them? So I look at the number one thing that moms especially are afraid of. It's like, how do I get my kids to wear what I want them to wear? (laughs) That is so challenging. How do I get my teenage son to not wear track pants? How do I get my husband to be excited about this? You know, all these things. So again, if I'm just a photographer, then they're going to show up with what they show up in. And Mm -hmm. that stress is there. No one has alleviated that for them. So what I do is I say, I go right to the root. I want to be in the same room with mom when she's making that challenging decision. And so what I do is I introduce the styling concept consultation. And now I'm in her home and I say, we're going to take all this work off your plate. We're going to do this together. And now I can be a liaison. I can introduce the outfits to the kids and to the parents and make sure that mom has what's absolutely the most flattering because, you know, we know portrait rules. We know what's going to look good on our clients and they might just be thinking fashion rules or whatever's on trends, but we can tell them, hey, this is going to really be great on your arms or, hey, we're going to highlight your little waist or whatever it is that she wants to bring out about herself. We're there for her. So it's really about when you want to move beyond your job description, you want to look at what's the most amount of problems I can solve for my client. And if you hear a client say the same problem over and over again, go to the source and say, how can I get that off their plate? And now I've elevated myself in their mind because now who else are they going to go to next? Next time Mm -hmm. they're going to have to do the old ball and chain move of getting everyone on board and getting those right outfits. And they're going to look more fondly on the experience they had with me. Yeah. I love that so much. I I love how you, it's like switching that mindset from feeling like you are sailing, feeling like maybe there isn't a service that you're, they're just showing up. And you know, I, I love that so much that when you switch that mindset, you are in that mindset of problem solving. I think that's fantastic. Now, can let's dive in a little bit to pricing, because I think this can be such an awkward and uncomfortable topic for so many of our listeners. When told to raise their prices, the knee-jerk reaction is always, my clients will never pay that. Mm-hmm. Now, can you share what mindset shift needs to happen in order to make yourself able to increase your prices and price yourself accordingly to make a profit? So the biggest thing that I could share with people that will really help them understand this is 
to understand that we don't live in the same economy now that we lived in when we were kids. And there's been so much that's happened in the generation since. And some of us are still stuck in that old mindset. Like I think of when I was a kid growing up, then we all stayed in our lanes. And I would go to this lane if I didn't have a lot of money. And I'd go to this lane if I had all buckaroos. And so, you know, my family, we grew up lower middle class. And so we were very much resigned to the Mart stores. And now if you think of the Mart stores, like, you know, champion of them all would be Target or possibly even Amazon. We all shop at Target, right? We all shop at Amazon. And to open your mind to this, think about the last time you were in a Target shopping mall did you see perhaps a Porsche? <laughs> Did you see a BMW? Did you see a Range Rover? Is it possible that two different classes can exist in the same parking lot? And the answer is yes, because in today's economy, we have this phenomenon called trading up, trading down. So when you think about my clients would never spend that money, first of all, yes, they can. And yes, they will. Because if you look at your own spends, Think about you might day in, day out be a Target shopper or a Mart shopper, but guess what? You spend thousands of dollars on things too, because I dare any photographer to show me a camera bag that has less than $5,000 of gear. <laughs> like, or like, show me your prop stash. Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> we spend thousands of dollars on things. We spend it. How do we do that? How do we spend so much money when we tell ourselves, no, no, I'm frugal? No, you're not. You are frugal in the things that don't held value. You are spendy in the things that you value. And if you can do that and you consider yourself to be of humble means, then I promise you your clients can do that too. They can decide when they want to trade up and that's going to be special money that they save for the luxury moments, for the important moments, for when they have a problem they need solved. They're going to spend that money. And for all other times, yeah, they're going to trade down. So mm. I even have clients who have told me, well, I'm just going to hire a shoot and burn photographer for like the day-to-day -day stuff, but I'm going to see you, Megan, for the milestones. And they'll spend $4,000 with me on a big milestone session and they'll spend $400 the next year. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. They can do both. And that's what we're here to do is to serve the client who values what we offer. And how much more satisfying will it be when you have a client who is like, you're the person I'm going to spend with because you have the solutions, you have what I want. That is so rewarding for you. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you touched on that your clients can go to both because I think photographers get a little chippy, a little chip on our shoulders when we see our clients going to someone else. But when you explain it in that way, like I love going to really fancy dinners. I love spending sure. money on amazing dinners, but also I really like McDonald's French fries. Yes. So just because I like French fries doesn't mean I can't go have a spendy dinner either. Yeah. I value both. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. here's another important piece of the puzzle too. So think about like, I think about when I had more humble means, like, you know, when I was starting out as a business owner or like earlier in my life as a child with, with more humble family means, w it would be a big deal if we would go out to someplace like a Ruth Chris Steakhouse or something. Mm -hmm. That would be a big deal. That'd be like once a year or 10 year anniversary or, you know, something big and important and monumental. That's what we would do. The rest of the time we'd be shopping at Pathmark, <laughs> eating humble meals, you know, things like that. So the other piece is that as people, families get more income, they may spend more often on higher end purchases. So what for my family might have been, you know, a once a year activity for other families might be a once a week activity for other families might be a once a day activity. So there are two pieces to this. Number one, we can and should serve everyone who values what we do. And that mm. can be someone from any walk of life. They can choose to trade up. 
But number two, when you're looking at spending your marketing dollars, you're going to get more output if you seek a clientele who has more disposable income. So I open the door to every client who wants to work with me. But when I put my very valuable time and resources into marketing, I'm looking for where's that pool of clients, that circle of clients who can go to Ruth Chris every week. And I'm going to have more success if I put my dollars behind that, but all the while serving everyone from every walk of life. I love that. I love that. Now, you also touched in your book a little bit about the power of having a personal phone call to get to know if you're the right fit for your prospective clients. Now, you shared about a beach session client you had at the beginning of your book. And I think that often for photographers, this is such a missed opportunity that honestly, I'm totally guilty of too. So would you mind sharing a little about that story and why that personal connection mindset shift over a slick and salesy kind of phone call will radically change your business and how we connect with our clients? So, okay, how it happened, how it went down was, you guys have probably seen this before. You're in a Facebook group or you're on your personal page and somebody says, hey, I've got this this client and she needs a shoot. I'm not available. Who's free? Drop your Instagram or whatever and we'll get in touch. So here I am on this thread and of course it immediately explodes. Everyone's like, me, me, me. You know, everyone wants that easy breezy referral. But I think in their minds, They were thinking, okay, this is a beach shoot and we're in Florida, so everyone does beach shoots and it's an out-of-towner, so they're probably price conscious. You know, they were telling themselves all these stories and they're Mm -hmm. thinking, hey, this client probably just, you know, quick and dirty shoot and I'm not going to make a lot of money. So whatever, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Now, everyone was dropping their connection points, but no one was putting their phone number. And I was like the seventh person on the list. And I said, hey, have her call me. Here's my information. I'd love to be in touch. So by the time the client reached out, she had been about, it was something like two or four days later. And she said, oh my God, thank God you answered the phone. You are the first person who's picked up. And I have left messages with people and no one will call me back. And I'm just so frustrated because I'm the person number seven. So you can imagine like how frustrating this has been for her. So immediately I shift on empathy. I'm like, oh my gosh, that must be so frustrating. I hear you. Hey, I am here for you. Let's talk. Let's talk about your needs. Now, through the process of developing this out, I'm always looking for what are the problems I can solve. And very quickly, I realized this is in no way just a simple shoot. This is not we're out of towners on vacation. What actually happened was that they had a year prior lost their their very important family friend. And this was someone they'd been vacationing with for years. And this was like a brother. And it was, in fact, one of the family member's brothers. And it was the kid's uncle. And it was like so important. And then in the midst of all this, the grandfather, the patriarch of the family, has Parkinson's disease. And so they have all these extra complications that add to that. Like he can't walk very far. We're concerned about his mobility, his attention, all these things. And so I'm like digging in and I'm like, how can I make this better for them? And I start problem solving. Hey, we can go to, I know this beach access is going to be really easy for him. I know a prop rental company and we're going to make sure we have comfortable chairs, but we want to make sure we we take pains to have him feel dignified. We don't want him to just be sitting on like a beach chair. We want him to feel like he's a prominent member of the family. So we start talking about this. And then of course, I want to honor the passing of their family member. I say, you know what, I really see this as let's do an album. Would it be okay with you? Could you guys provide a photo of him? And I'd love to include that in the album. And they're like, well, all we have is a selfie. And I said, don't worry. Like, we're going to take care of it. I'm going to make it look as beautiful as all the other portraits. We really need to honor him because this is such an important part of your story. And Mm -hmm. so, of course, she's hooked. And of course, I'm hooked. You know, this isn't self-serving. I'm here to really deliver for my clients. And 
she was like, when it came down to the price point, I said, you know, hey, most of our clients who do extended family shoots, they spend upwards of $5,000, some as many as 20000 or more. Will that work for your taste or your budget? She said, yes. And I can tell this is going to be a really important shoot. And I'm so glad we found you. So, and I was so glad I found her because I couldn't imagine leaving this life-changing shoot to someone who would just show up. You know, that's not what I wanted for her. I wanted mm -hmm. her to have the whole thing, everything she deserved. As I say, sell a client their story. I wanted her to have that story. So I felt like it was a match made in heaven and it was really powerful to me. And I, what I call it is I call it the time I stole a sale. Yeah. Because like, did I steal that sale? So here's the thing, like I kind of did because, but I kind of didn't. What had happened was the date the photographer put on Facebook was that they needed March 18th. I was not available March 18th, <laughs> but I still threw my hat in the ring because I know how connections go. And I was available the day before and the day after. And I would totally move heaven and earth if I had to and make myself available if I had to. But I threw it out to the client. I said, hey, would it be all right? Do you have any flexibility to change the date? And she's like, yeah, of course, I'll totally change whatever we need to do for you, Megan. I was like, okay. So meanwhile, the original referring photographer didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. Never took the time to connect with the client to even find out what they were creating. And so I do think I stole that sale from that photographer. I stole it from the list of seven people above me and I earned it. So I want people to really think about, you know, fight for your sales, but fight for your mm -hmm. clients mm -hmm. and be there on their side and deliver what they need and take the time because it's your responsibility to understand their story so that you can deliver that souvenir for them. I love that so much. I think over the years I've been I've been stepping back and taking less clients and increasing my prices. So I am like I I switched from being that not I wouldn't say shoot and burn, but I was a, a high volume like business. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like I was finding I wasn't having the time to connect with my clients. And the reason I got into photography, because it was so, my heart was attached to it, yes. right? Yes. So That's why it, we do it. We love right? the connection, but then we let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and, it's, and it somehow that falls through the cracks. And so then we get burnt out and frustrated because we're not having those experiences that make it meaningful. Yes. So I love this story so much on how you can tap back into your heart and maybe restructure your business in a different way so it does connect with you and your client again. So I just, I, that, that, I wanted you to share that so much because when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, it lit a spark in me again. Yeah. So just beautiful, beautiful story. So you had a line in your book also that I adored and it's such a beautiful mindset shift about why we purchase the luxury items that are meaningful to us. We're purchasing a piece of our identity and mm. my jaw really hit the floor on this one because it was truly bang on. So what tips do you have to direct clients to see that this is a meaning making experience and not just a photo shoot or maybe they already do and we're just the ones that don't realize it and how can we switch to that frame of mind? So the, what I talk about is I talk about this idea of the, the need beneath the need because most people will present the surface and they don't realize it. And this is why it's our job to draw this out of them because they think, oh yeah, I need photos. For example, like we do a lot of headshots. So obviously that seems like a really surface need. I need photos. I need photos for work. Okay. Why do you need photos for work? Like what does your work say about you? Who are you trying to connect with? How would you, you like your clients to perceive you? Why is this an important moment in your business right now? You know, these are the questions I ask to draw them out because you would be amazed when you start asking questions and I say, you know, you want to talk about their baby, talk about that thing that's special to them. And as business owners, we know our business is our baby. 
we love our baby, we nurture our baby, we're here for it, you know? And so you think about that this client nurtured this business, this baby, and now it's so important to them that they need to trust who they're going to hand it to. So they want to talk about how if they could just bring confidence to the shoot, that could help them empower others. They want people to see that in them. They want people to trust them. So we need to talk about what's important to them. What do their clients, what should their clients feel about them? And we show them that. And in the meantime, I always say too, as a headshot photographer, if you're a model or an actor, you probably don't need me. I will tell that to people all the time. Like, you know, if you just show up in front of a camera and look great, hire anyone. What I do is I help people look fabulous who have doubts and insecurities. If you've never had a great photo of yourself before, I'm your girl because I'm going to do the steps that it takes from that style consultation to having a hair and makeup artist, to having an assistant greet them at the door, taking their clothes, literally taking things off their shoulders so that we can make their whole experience more enjoyable. That's what I'm there to do. And then I take my time. I pose them with care. I light them intentionally. And now we can really bring out their best. So that's my goal is to give the client the opportunity to express why things are important to them and draw them out through the question and answer process. I love that. And even how you said, pose with care and light with intention. I love that so much because it does. You're approaching things from such a different way than just like, here's my camera, I'm showing up and I'm shooting. Yeah. Like it's just- Like it's, why? Why? Yeah. I, used to, I, I used to just shoot at the beach. That's what we do in Florida. We shoot at the beach. But now I'm like, well, why would we shoot at the beach? Is this serving that client's need or is that mm -hmm. just convenient because it's golden hour? You know, like- yeah. Why would I do that? And a lot of times the answer is yes, we do want to shoot at the beach because that's a part of their story. But sometimes it's no, we want to shoot in a model home or we want to shoot on their couch at home. You know, we want to shoot in the places that matter to them and that bring out their story. Yeah, I love that. A friend of mine, Shalanda from Chubby Cheeks Photography, I chatted with her recently and she has started doing happy place sessions nice. where she finds it where her client's happy place is. And then oh, they go and do a beautiful, like soulful family session in their favorite spot. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, you guys, yes. my, my missing piece is my heart. Yes. <laughs> and, and like how much happier and more comfortable and confident is a client going to feel if they're in their happy place? Right? <laughs> and Love she took that. the time to discover that. That's really important. So I think for many photographers, and maybe myself included at times, we fall into that trap of charging what you're worth. And I'm going to use little quotey fingers on that. <laughs> and then we sort of attach our worth to it. So what advice do you have to avoid this? Okay. So whatever you think your worth is, it's probably higher. <laughs> <laughs> and a way that really helped me understand that was I think women notoriously devalue ourselves and our contributions to literally everything, our contributions to society, to our family, to our friends. And so a lot of times we will think I am not worth it. So what I did that really helped me is I thought, you know what? I'm not going to look at this as myself personally. I'm going to look at this as what I bring value to my client and what I bring value to my family. And the family component was super helpful because what happened was Eric used to be the breadwinner. We went through a really tough patch during the Great Recession where his business went bankrupt. Our family had foreclosure. I mean, this is where my business grew and it was a, a crazy time. But I said, okay, well, I am now the breadwinner. And if we are to replace that income, if I'm to keep my kids in private school, which our family highly values, and if I'm to help us have that reconnection time during family vacations, that means my income has to support that. And I'm providing for my family. So what I did was I put on the back of my product guide where no one would ever see it, I put a picture of my kids. 
And every time I pulled that out of my bag at a consultation, my right hand was literally touching their faces as I would hand it over. And I was like, that was my moment to reconnect and say, you know, even if I can't believe this value for myself, I believe this value for my family. I believe in what I provide for them. And even those of us who maybe you have a husband who is a breadwinner or a spouse and you say, yeah, but my income, it's not relevant. Yes, it is. Your time is relevant. Every time you're working with someone else's family, you're taking a sacrifice. And so you need to make sure that that time you're spending away from your loved ones, that it matters to you and your family. And again, that it matters for the client. Like when your client spends big, they appreciate you on a whole different level. And again, back to the camera gear, because I know we can relate to this. Your $5,000 camera bag of gear. You protect that. You love that. You value that. You don't let just anybody pick up the camera bag. That's really important and precious to you because you spent so much and you put that high of value on it. That's the feeling we want for our clients. So imagine that very valuable camera bag with all the gear in it and now replace it with an album, that album that that client's holding in their hands. What if that album was $5,000? How much more would they value that purchase? Because now they're like, I'm the kind of person who... I talk about that in a book. I'm the kind of person who this client is now making a message to themselves and broadcasting this to their circle as well. I'm the kind of person who values family and I value them so much that I spend the best for my family. That's that story they're telling themselves. And you created that for them. You created the income for your family. So your worth is so great that I want everyone to just go and add a zero to everything (laughs) and really put put that value on it because it does nothing but serve you, serve your family, serve your client. I love that so much. Now, I think I have a huge fear, to be totally honest, and it's switching my business from what I've always done to stepping into that luxe brand that I really want to be. So what advice do you have to rip off that Band-Aid? Well, rip off the Band-Aid. Yes, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just have to. And the way to think of it is, you know, we talked about the example of, hey, if you're going to get a burger, where are you going to get that burger? Is it McDonald's? Is it Ruth Chris Steakhouse? Those are two completely different establishments. And every last thing is different when you step foot in one or the other from, you know, the way the menu is presented, the way the servers respond to you, the way that the floors are kept or not, (laughs) you know? So we want to think about that when you're changing from value to lux, because really those are the only two lanes there are. If you want to get into it more in the book, I talk all about how the mid-market is dead, run, don't walk, it's a horrible place to be. But go with me on this, that lux and value are the only two places to be. So you can't just change a little bit. You need to change a lot Mm. because you need to project to your client in every way, this is different. And it's almost like if you go into a store and you get this sense, like you don't even have to look at a price. You're just like, this is going to be expensive. You just sense it. You're like, it's a little too clean. It's a little too airy. It's a little too bright. You know, there's something that's telling you this is more. And for some people, that's repellent and they will walk away. They're like, oh, this is too expensive. This isn't for me. But some people, myself included, will walk in and say, what is this place about? And they get curious Mm -hmm. and they're like, this must be very valuable. So that's what we want. We want our clients to sense that this is so different and so special that they understand why that higher price point is with it. And that's why you can't just do a little inch up tactic. You've got to just rip that Band-Aid off, go as far as you need to, just right out the gate, I am a new business. And sometimes that means literally declaring yourself a new business because yep. McDonald's can't just charge $25 for burgers. They no. have to be like, no, if you're switching that burger from yeah. $1 to $25, you need to become a new establishment yeah. unapologetically and just Oof. go for it. 
I love this. And I really can't believe the fantastic timing of this interview and listening to your book because I decided in January of this year that I was actually taking a sabbatical from my own photography business starting in mm. July just to pause it and really give it a glow up. Mm. And what I find fascinating is kind of the mindset block that I'm really and the limiting beliefs that I am personally bumping up on, on my own art and my business. So what advice maybe do you have for me personally that I can ah. actually start thinking about myself as a luxury brand and positioning myself to see my own value in what I do and what I provide and the experience I create for my clients? So I love that you're using the word luxury and I would encourage you to use that all the time. It's a wonderful, beautiful word. But for some people, I think the word luxury is very intimidating because mm. they're like, I don't buy luxury. And again, we've already established, yes, you do. You go to Ruth Chris for a special occasion. You spend a lot on gear. You buy lots of props. <laughs> like people do spend yeah. a lot. So if it scares you too much to think of luxury, just substitute the word luxury with full service mm. and remind yourself of when you got into business. Like a lot of us started in business because if it was like the way my start was, I was posting pictures of my kids on Facebook and everyone's like, you're so good. You should mm -hmm. photograph my family. <laughs> and then I started off just photographing friends' families and everyone sort of pushed me in the direction to go pro. But I didn't know what pro meant. So I just worked with my friends. But the thing that was so wonderful about those days is working with my friends was so satisfying for both of us because mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted to bring out about them. I knew how to get their kids to react. I knew how to make mom feel amazing. And so meanwhile, when we start getting into the hustle of it, we forget about those very important connections and we forget how wonderful it feels to just serve your friend. Yeah. So remember that when you go to a higher price point, you can get back to that original place, that place where you served with your whole heart. And guess what? Your client's going to serve you. It's going to yeah. be reciprocal. They are going to serve you with their gratitude and their thanks. One of the biggest, most shocking things we see is that when our students, we have this thing called the 10K Club. And when they first hit their first $10,000 sale, first of all, they're always shocked. They're like, I didn't know I could do that. But then they are also shocked at how easy and fun and grateful and rewarding it was. Because when people spend so much, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to be recognized and valued like that. And that's what you allow your client to share with you. And you mm. then share with them this really wonderful experience too. So yeah. it's really such a win-win for everyone. And I would just tap into like marinate in those good feelings of all that you have to give with people and then let the price point lead you there so that you have the time and resources to bring that for, forward for them. I love that so much. I love that. That's such great advice. Thank you. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really excited about what the next year is going to hold. Yeah. <laughs> so are you ready for our lightning round? I'll do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I got to be brief for lightning. I'm ready. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Oh, neither. I really uh, just like Diet Coke. <laughs> same. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> give me caffeine. Give me some yeah. sugar. I'm a fan. <laughs> Most luxurious vacation you've ever been on? Oh, it was it was literally this year we went to Italy and we brought the kids. And the year before, Eric and I went to Italy together for our 25th anniversary. So sorry, 20th. I fast forwarded yep. things. 20th anniversary. <laughs> but to have to see the wonder of the kids, that yeah. was just magical. That was so wonderful to see them experience it. I love it. So is DiPiro Italian? Yes. Awesome. Yes. And so it, we are, in fact, he is, Eric is now a citizen, traced his ancestry back. And I am learning Italian. So someday we're going to be super fancy and return fluent. We'll see. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So what was your favorite TV show as a kid? 
You know, I didn't really remember or recall TV shows too much as a kid. And to this day, I don't really watch them much, but yeah. I would... I would say that I like anything that's educational. And yeah. so I, I'm I'm going to not even answer the child part of it. I'm going to answer the adult <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Everyone should watch The Profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, oh. with Marcus Limonis. And I mean, that is like something I literally will watch with my kids. So maybe it'll be their favorite show when they grow up. <laughs> but it's a great business education. And I love watching any kind of like show that that talks more about business. That's my jam. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm, I haven't watched that, so that's going on my little list and see if dive I can in. maybe dive in. It's a in. little rough season one, but they find their footing season two and it gets really good after that. <laughs> awesome. So last thing you did for yourself as an indulgence. Oh, I stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. I'm kind of obsessed with the Ritz. I go there whenever I can and I love going out of state so I can see in other states what other Ritzes are doing. And it's such an education to me to see what customer service at its finest looks like and to make notes like good or bad. They did this amazing. They did mm -hmm. that amazing. And quick little story about that. We were staying at the Ritz on points and we were at the, the front desk. There happened to be a customer in front of us. And she said, okay, but do you have any bigger rooms? And they said, yes, we do. That room will be $5,600. And she says, $5,600. And he says, yes. And then she said, and can I book that tonight? And he says, no, we're booked out for the week. So I found it amazing that there are hotel rooms that are $5,600 and they are booked out for the week. I mean, that was such an amazing thing. Like I, I would have paid money for that lesson. That was great. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, if all those rooms are booked, there's a lot of people here in my market that can afford this. Mm. I'll go have some more $5,600 sales. Yes. <laughs> oh, great story. I love that. So morning person or night owl? Absolutely morning. <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> Don't talk what to me you, at midnight. I'll be dead. I know. I know, right? <laughs> Same. What did mm -hmm. you want to be when you grew up? In my eighth grade yearbook, I have a quote printed in my yearbook that says, I want to be the first female president and or pope and or and or. I, I just thought it. that was really cool. Go eighth grade me. And there's still a chance, you know, because we haven't had a woman president yet. So, nope. hey, we'll see. We'll see where the future takes me. I love <laughs> Pope, that. I don't know. It's work too, but we'll see. We'll see what I can do. <laughs> Go to karaoke jam. Huh, probably anything with a musical like Hamilton. Yeah. That would be rad. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What makes your soul light up? Oh, it would have to be those 10K sales and not even for myself. It's the $10,000 sales when other people experience them because mm. just in always amazing seeing a $10,000 sale from a student, amazing seeing a client react to a $10,000 sale. Like it's just so exciting to spend money on what you value and to receive money on what others value. So it just lights me up for sure. Love it. Love, I love it. that. I love that. What has been the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? to shut your mouth. <laughs> Just shut your mouth because your insecurities and your money blocks will trump all over a sales potential. So you say the number and then you shut your mouth and you do not respond until an actual objection arises. And if someone says, wow, that's really expensive, that is not an objection. That is an emotion. And you can simply handle the emotion by saying, yes, and that's it. And that's it. You just acknowledge, you emote, you have empathy, and that's how it goes. But that's the client's opportunity to say yes or no to that. And most times when you shut your mouth, they say yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. What advice do you have for someone that is just starting out? <laughs> Stop 
looking at your art and start looking at sales and service. Because I think so many people spend so long comparing themselves, taking too many classes, waiting until this magical day when they will be a master. And that day comes when you do your 10,000 hours and when you stay in business long enough that you've had thousands of shoots. But so many people, they'll cut off their success at the legs because they're, they're like, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get there. Yeah, you're never going to get there. If you're treating it like a starving artist, you're going to get there when you're in the game because you're charging profitably and now you're allowing your business to thrive. Now you can pay your bills, which means you can stay in business longer, which means your art will continue to grow. So I didn't take my first lighting class until I was seven years in business. I started right away with business classes, marketing, sales, pricing. I'm really glad I did. And I think that that is the move that will work for so many people if they allow it to happen. You have to start with that business and your art will catch up because I know everyone's passionate about art and they are going to hold themselves to a high standard. That goodness is coming, but let yourself stay in business long enough to achieve it. Oh, great advice. Wow. (laughs) Great. So where can our listeners learn more from you? I would head on over to our Facebook group. I love to see new folks there. That group is Rise to the Top with Megan DePiro. And I'd also love for them to be a part of our listening group and and listen to She Sells. So we have a special gift cooked up. It is if anyone who's listening to this, if you go to shesellsgift.com, that is the audiobook we've been talking about, and it is yours free. So we're making that available for a limited time. So hop on it, get that book, listen to it. And really, my mission is that I want to see so many more women And men, of course, too. I want to see artists become business owners. I want to see people become breadwinners. I want to see women supporting themselves, their families, and their clients. And so through that book, I really think people are going to have a lot of insights and eye-openers, and I want them to take advantage of that. So shesellsgift.com, and then join us and rise to the top. Wow. Thank you so much. I know our listeners are going to be really excited for that. So I love to end my interviews with this last question, and it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about? Oh, I am very curious about, (laughs) again, the whole mission of how many breadwinners can we make? This is something I haven't said to anyone publicly yet, except for my husband. But we are going to definitely work in the next couple of years on making a super studio, a flagship studio. And we'd like to hit $2 million in revenue a year. Currently, my one-man show is half a million dollars, but I want to go $2 million. And I want to see how many employees I can support with that and that they can support our community with. I'd love to have multiple six-figure earners in that business. And I think this is really possible. I think that one of the most amazing things about being an entrepreneur and business owner is that you have the opportunity to support yourself, your clients, your community. And being a job creator has been a very satisfying thing for me. So I want to just take that to the next level and see how big we can grow and possibly even different locations. That would definitely be on my radar. So I'm developing this and I'm excited by it. And I know it's going to be amazing for so many people. I love that. Well, thank you for joining me today, Megan. Thank you. Oh, my friends, what a fantastic conversation. And I know you probably adored this conversation just as much as I did. And seriously, my beautiful friends, run, don't walk, go get yourself a free copy of Megan's audiobook, and I'll make sure we link it in the show notes for you too. I really can't wait to hear how this book transforms your business. I am sending you so much of my light and my love today and every single day. 
we'll see you next time.